0: Green Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the promo code SGP when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 if the college basketball underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That code SGP turns $4 into $256 if your doggy wins for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. BetQL is your home for info that you need to make yourself a smarter better NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they've got you covered. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. And we're brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best college hoop better in the country? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with their free March Madness fantasy betting contest with over $8,000 in cash prizes. Download their app today, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks from cappers and bettors, including the crew from the SGPN. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Check out all their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no vig. That's right, no vig, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's b e t t o r edge.com, promo code SGP. And we're within eyesight of Selection Sunday on Sunday night. And you know we are all about March Madness and those underdogs. Great to have you along on the only digital radio show that does its best to try to give you those doggies. And we had a couple last week uh, here on the program. It is Three Dog Thursday. And however you found a social media link or from sportsgamblingpodcast.com wherever you found the show through the sports gambling podcast network of shows. Thank you for doing so reminder. You will want to subscribe to this podcast as we start to march towards the NCAA tournament, the tournament that we were denied a year ago is about to play out in Indianapolis and greater Indiana for the first weekend. And then Indianapolis, obviously sweet 16 elite eight and the final four for the first time ever. They're going to do it all in one basic locale, So you need to be all over it by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. This one will come automatically to you if you're subscribed on Three Dog Thursday. I want to tell you in just a second, Brian Edwards is going to be here right away. We're not waiting. Uh Uh-uh. We're not waiting to get to MrMajorWager.com and Vegas Insider with all the different conference tournaments from the Big East in New York to the Pac-12 in Vegas, the Big 12 in Kansas City, the SEC in Nashville. I'm going to probably leave one out. The American Conference in Fort Worth, the Big Ten Tournament in Indianapolis, We're going to be all over this throughout the show here today with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, and Vegas Insider. And we got the YouTube roundtable coming in the middle of the program. Look forward to mixing it up with our roundtable guests about the NCAA tournament and much more. And look, I fully understand there's other news going on in and around sports. Uh, The NBA coming off its all-star break, baseball spring training. The golf is actually in the state of Florida where Brian and I are, where last week Bryson DeChambeau, uh, one in Orlando, they're now playing the players championship. The unofficial uh, fifth major uh, is Deshambo going to be able to win that one. What's going to happen there with Jordan Spieth or Dustin Johnson or Rory McIlroy. So that we, we can, we have the golf. We acknowledge that, that there's that there's NASCAR going on, on and on. But the biggest thing is the college hoops, babe. And who better to help me break it down on Three Dog Thursday than our senior handicapper, MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. We say hello. We say happy March. We say happy championship week to the Brian Edwards brother. How you feeling?
2: Oh, I'm feeling great. My favorite day of the year is coming up on Sunday, but we got some pretty good days between now and then, and we got day games galore. I love
0: it. Yeah, there is no doubt. And so one thing that we have always done on this show, this is now – the uh, I believe it's the seventh year that we have done uh, the podcast here and, and the way that we're doing this is it is impossible beyond Thursday for Brian and I to have any idea who the matchups are on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But we, we still want to keep this relevant in terms of predictions and scenarios. So while Brian may have an opinion or two on an underdog that we already know for Thursday, this is more big picture, Brian, as you've done with me uh, last year that we're looking at upset-minded teams. And here's the qualifier. I'll consider a three-seed or lower in a conference tournament to be a non-favorite. Now, really, if you're talking a three-seed, that's still one of the teams that should be able to make the conference tournament championship game, if not win it. And I'm going to actually cop out and probably take one of those coming up. But if we're talking a four-seed, or even better, if we're talking, we're going to get to Duke. And you're already snickering at me and you're already rolling your eyes. Duke with a 10 next to their name, Could be dangerous live doggy at the ACC tournament. So, again, the stipulation is not necessarily to win the tournament, but to to at least get to the championship game. Give me a team three or lower in some of these tournaments that can. And Brian's already gone through some of the brackets I have as well. That'll be our theme, including with our YouTube roundtable guests. Not necessarily a straight underdog because, again, the podcast releases on Thursday. You're hearing us later Thursday, Thursday night. You may be hearing us Friday and Saturday while we're previewing all of this. We don't know the upsets people, right, Brian? We don't know what has happened on Wednesday night, Thursday, to set the table for Friday and Saturday. We do know this. There will be upsets. Be ready. Galore. I mean, there are going to be teams with double digits in front of their names that are going to win games. Absolutely. Right. Follow up on that.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, it's March. That always happens. Uh, we, we had, uh, an example, uh, well, we nearly had an example in the Notre Dame game uh, yesterday, but Notre Dame uh, wins at the buzzer. Uh, I even thought the uh, that – I know Pitt was only favored by three, but I thought that was a little a moderate upset yesterday. And, um, you know, we had, what, Elon and Drexel yes. were, what, the three and four seeds? Oh,
0: oh, no, no. That was a six and an eight, and the two of oh, them wow, in the Colonial – In the Colonial, they both had beaten the one through four seeds in the quarterfinal and the semifinal. One through four, never made the championship game, and it was a six against an eight. Talk about an underdog special with the Drexel Dragons uh, victorious out of Philadelphia, Brian Edwards. Welcome to March. This is what can happen in March, brother.
2: Yes, this is March. Get ready for the buzz beaters. We had Notre Dame last night. We we, ne- we had an upset uh, brewing with BYU. And by the way, I got that second half number. Uh, the Zags were only 11 at halftime. And wow. you said they were down 12, right? So they were been plus one adjusted. Uh, I would have definitely taken that. Um, so, I, I,
0: yeah, let's ahead. talk about that for a second because Gonzaga definitely deserves credit for rallying to win the game. But I even put this on social media, West Coast Conference Championship team, the game in Vegas. You're now at the time of the year, as everybody knows, and Brian obviously knows this, where one bad half can maybe croak your season. When you get in the NCAA tournament especially, and they were good enough to turn it around on BYU. But my friend, they didn't guard BYU at all in the first half. Gave up 53 points. I believe BYU made something like 23 of 33 shots. Incredible, like 75% percentage. Made like eight in a row at one point. Gonzaga didn't guard him. Now, the second half was a different story. Mark Few obviously lit him up, and they still, Brian, reversed it and won by double figures. A great second half by Gonzaga. And that's 23 games in a row that the Zags have now won by double figures. It's incredible. It's going all the way back to what? Like West Virginia earlier uh, in the yeah. year.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I think they beat West Virginia by only six. Um, but that was way, way early in the year. Um, yeah, I mean, credit to them. They held, they, they, hell, they near, nearly covered for the game. What were they, 11 or, the or line, 12? I think the line
0: was 12 or 13, something yeah, like that. Yeah. It was close. It was close to them being able to cover it. But that's an incredible record-breaking streak of 23 straight double-digit wins. Uh, just a, a great job by Mark Few's program, and they are obviously going to be the number one overall seed. So we have the West Coast Conference Tournament. Um, that is in the books. We've seen Loyola Chicago uh, win in the Missouri Valley since last we talked to you. They knocked off the Drake Bulldogs uh, in what was another tremendous performance to get the automatic bid. So if we're talking underdogs, uh, Loyola Chicago probably not going to be a double digit seed, probably going to be something like an eight or a nine. I've seen some projections where they might even be as high as a six or a five. Who knows what that committee uh, being led by Mitch Barnhart, the Kentucky Athletic Director, is thinking come selection Sunday night, Brian Edwards. But Loyola Chicago is a team that you're saying watch out for while we're in the underdog mode, depending on their draw. And if they're in an 8-9 game, what number one seed is in front of them in game two, right? Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, they've got Cameron Crutwig, uh, the big man who's now a senior, who was their starting center at, as a freshman. and it, It's kind of wild. You know, I, I was speculating on another show, uh, last week about um, whether Stackhouse was going to get fired at Vandy. And I was saying Porter Moser might be gettable for Vandy. And I was surprised to see he's only 52. They've had nothing but 20 win seasons. I don't I don't know if they've gotten back to the tournament. Well, now they have. But uh, but, but he's had 20 win seasons since the Final Four. And I'm just like, why is no nobody come after this guy?
0: And um, a colleague of mine uh, on a separate show, Matt Zimmick, who's out in the West, has him eating, maybe, Zimic is saying Utah. Look out if Utah fires Larry Kristowiak because Moser was a Rick Majerus assistant at Utah. There's a connection Uh, there. Would Utah put big money in front of him and lure him? I don't know. Maybe this is the year that he jumps. And if people are wondering, Brian and I actually looked it up. Believe it or not, we do research on Three Dog Thursday. We looked it up. That the last time that they made the run in 2018, all the way to the final four, they were what, Brian, an 11 seed, correct? Right, pulling the right, upsets. and uh,
2: beat what, uh, Miami. Tennessee,
0: Ten- beat Miami oh. first, okay, then beat Tennessee as a three seed, and then ended up beating Kansas State uh, because Kansas State had upset Kentucky to help them get into the final four. They didn't, they didn't, as it turns out, have to play the number one seed because that's where uh, Virginia had been beaten by UMBC, right? So that, yeah, that bracket we, was just we wild. Mi-
2: we, we mixed that up a little bit because I know Loyola Chicago beat uh, Nevada in an absolutely epic one-point game in the Sweet 16 because I was in Vegas in my hotel room. I remember it vividly. <laughs> Yeah, c- and then again, Kentucky and Kansas State were playing and I had big money on Kentucky so, and case state beat them.
0: So think of, so think of it again that Loyola-Chicago that year, 2018, when we're talking about upsets for the audience here on Three Dog Thursday, they were an 11. They beat the six. They later beat the three, Tennessee. That Nevada team beat Cincinnati the two as a double-digit seed. And then Kansas State upsets Kentucky, who was a four. It was set up for Kentucky – To be able to make the final four without having to play the one or the two or the three. And Kansas State knocked them out in the Sweet 16 that year. So you had an 11 win several games. You had a 10 win a couple of games. You even had Kansas State as a nine make it to the Elite Eight. That just shows you get ready, like you said, and we say, get ready for the upsets, right?
2: Yeah, and I uh, I had Michigan that year. I had taken them. I saw them play really well. I think it was a win at Purdue in like mid-January. And I, I took them at 55 to 1 odds. And then I was the only person in my, we call it our high roller bracket contest, $100 an <laughs> entry. I was the only one to pick Michigan. So I was set to win, I think it was 4,400 on the, High roller bracket contest, and I think my bet at fifty-five to one odds was going to win me like three grand and change. Wow! It, it, but then I couldn't hedge because you, or uh, I was you know, Villanova was favored by like eight of them on them on the title game. So the only way I hedged for a slight profit was I put five hundred on Villanova to win it all going into the semifinals, and that I then I, I couldn't hedge because I, I, I wasn't going to take Villanova like minus. 600 in the title
0: game so it, wow. it was a
2: heartbreak hotel
0: well and, and villanova just continued to dominate uh in dante that the
2: great the divincenzo i call him dante the great, dante he took the all great. My money.
0: and jalen brunson and uh, that whole crew that put together two titles in three years uh back in the uh 2018 final four run that they have and Villanova right now, damaged goods. We'll talk about the big East, maybe briefly along the way on this podcast, but Villanova clearly damaged goods. And I don't know how long they're going to last in the big East tournament. Brian Edwards is with me. It's three dog Thursday. Glad that you found us. And again, uh, we're going with the theme here of not just recapping the games. Give me a team that is three seed or beyond to maybe make a run. Let's begin with this at the big 12 tournament. You've got your eyes on the West Virginia Oklahoma State game on Thursday. Again, if three dog Thursday is released, that's an early game. That's eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time in Kansas City. Ten thirty local time start because they're trying to cram all the games in for TV on Thursday. We don't have the line in front of us at the time that we're taping, but you're very interested in that game because Oak State won against West Virginia at the end of the regular season here. I, I really like the Mountaineers to fit the criteria that I'm giving you uh, in this one and be able to to make a run all the way to the championship game, if not win that championship game. So I, I'm curious uh, what you think here out of the Big 12. That's a four versus five. We don't know who the favorite is, but what are your thoughts here, Brian, on the Big 12 tournament While we talk about it for a moment?
2: Well, Oklahoma State went into Morgantown, and they won without two of their best players and certainly their best player in Cunningham, which speaks to, A, what a hell of a job Mike Boynton is doing as a coach and how just this team has come together and and gotten hot. And, And I love both of these teams, just in general, West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Um, man, I mean, I think we talked last week about that epic uh game with West Virginia and Baylor. So, yes. I mean, they're really coming off some big-time heartbreakers. And like two weeks before that, they lost at home in, in overtime by one to Oklahoma. And, and a month ago, they were beating Florida the whole game and the Gators rally and win late. They lost a lot of games in Morgantown, but I still love – West Virginia's pieces from from Culver to Deuce McBride to McNeil, uh, shooting threes. Um, uh, Taz um, Taz Sherman, love love that guy. Um, and then Oak State, man. But I I think I prefer I think that game. Well Cunningham and the other guy have been cleared to play. Right. So um, I, I'm going to say Oklahoma State might be a two point favorite, slight favorite, and no, But the winner of that game. Uh, will present all sorts of problems uh, for Baylor and and certainly we'll have a chance. I mean, West Virginia should have beat Baylor a week and a half ago, whenever it was Oak state was uh, well, they were missing one player. They weren't missing Cunningham, but that game was in Waco. uh, Also like a week or so ago. And they did cover for me plus 12.
0: Well, and again, uh, in looking at that bracket, West Virginia, again, fits our criteria. I believe they can make a run if they win that game, including beating Baylor and get all the way to the championship game. On the bottom of the draw, you have Texas as the three seed playing Texas Tech. That's the last game of the night session Thursday night. Again, you may already know these results. Brian and I are taping this in advance of the release on Thursday of Three Dog Thursday. But the Texas Texas Tech winner likely gets a damaged Kansas team. Although Kansas could be playing Oklahoma. We don't have the final on Oklahoma, Iowa State. Oklahoma should win, should win easily. And then they're slotted to play Kansas on Thursday in the early evening. Oklahoma might be able to upset the Jayhawks on the neutral floor with two of their guys out. Sure, sure. I still, as a Big 12, though, I'm backing West Virginia as my team that is three or lower to make a run into the championship game, Brian. One more thought on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, regardless of what happens to – thursday morning uh with west virginia oklahoma state both of those teams are legit capable of winning it all i mean they if if you get west virginia oklahoma state uh anything better than 25 to 1 odds to win the tournament uh i think it's worth the flyer not 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 a lot of money just a little baby taste
0: all right, interesting on that. All right, another tournament as we talk with Brian Edwards, majorwager.com, Vegas Insider. It is Three Dog Thursday. A reminder again, we've got our YouTube video roundtable coming up in the middle. Then Brian's back with me talking more conference tournaments and March Madness. It's championship week. We're going to whittle everything down to 68 teams by Sunday night. Uh, what, 34 of them going in at large? But a lot of automatic bids are going to be flying every which direction on Saturday and Sunday. That's for sure. The ACC is another tournament that we're going to take a look at uh, here in this scenario. And again, at the time we're taping, you and I don't know the result of Duke and Louisville, but I will put this disclaimer. I know Duke lost three in a row and lost to Carolina in the rivalry game to end the regular season. They look down and out, like the count is at eight or at nine, and they're on the map. But I don't believe they've reached 10 yet on Duke. Even though Duke is a 10, Brian, in the ACC tournament, they're the 10 seed. I'm just saying if they get by Louisville in the revenge game, and it is tough to beat a team three times in a season, and Louisville beat them both times. Louisville beat them coming from behind in overtime at Cameron. If they get by that game, and the audience may already know I'm full of crap here, that Louisville already beat them and beat them bad, I don't know. But if Shashevsky's team gets by Louisville with Florida State looming on Thursday night, I think that Duke may gain momentum in Greensboro and get all the way to the championship game because you and I are looking right now ourselves at that bracket. I like them against Virginia Tech or against uh, North Carolina potentially in what would be um, the the semifinal game. So if Duke gets by Louisville – I, I like their chances on a neutral floor with Florida State, and I like their chances potentially against Virginia Tech or North Carolina out of the ACC bracket. Now, call me crazy. Now, call me uh, stupid here on this, please. I, you know, I'm, I'm not
2: going to uh, call you stupid. Uh, Duke can certainly beat uh, Louisville on Wednesday. I just am going to call this uh, just my nightmare from hell with FSU and Duke because <laughs> FSU beating Duke Makes them have a very anxious selection Sunday, and continu- uh, probably as
0: we often like to say, it's Kim Jong Il going over the cliff in your Ferrari is what you're saying. The, the uh, old uh, analogy our, was was the late Saddam uh, Hussein going uh, over going our, over uh, the uh, the edge with your hundred grand, right?
2: Al Qaeda versus ISIS. <laughs> I mean, Duke basketball gets FSU. I mean, I think I probably would be rooting.
0: 4-F-S-U. Wow, and that pains you to even say that. So if, at the yeah. ACC tournament, do you have any faith in the top half of the draw in Georgia Tech, which pulled some upsets? They have a four beside their name, or maybe somebody else in the ACC that could pull a couple of upsets and get in the ACC championship game for Saturday night that's three or lower. I don't know if you like Virginia Tech or Georgia Tech or somebody else that appeals, anybody?
2: Well, I just don't like how Virginia's playing right now. And uh, I, I, you know, Clemson's – kind of like Tennessee, I mean, they are really good defensively on a night when they're making shots, which seem to be few and far between. Uh, I could see the Georgia Tech-Clemson winner uh, beating – I mean, NC State's won five in a row. Uh, Syracuse has won five of its last seven. Buddy Bayhan can drop 35 on you any time. I'm not saying Virginia's going to beat the NC State-Syracuse winner, but I could see the Georgia Tech-Clemson uh, winner – um, uh, uh, could definitely be Virginia. Virginia's not Seven playing six. well right, right
0: now. Right. Well, and, and you look at Georgia Tech closing the season on a six-game win streak. They come in rolling. What will it mean on the neutral floor? Again, they are playing Thursday afternoon. We don't know the opponent at the time that we're taping on Three Dog Thursday. But let's see if Josh Pastner has it together. He never could win an NCAA tournament game at Memphis. It's one of the reasons why he got run out. I think he won one. The entire time that he was there but man he can make up for some lost time if he if he has an impressive acc tournament they will be a decent seed in the ncaa tournament so we'll yeah. see what happens yeah. with uh with georgia tech
2: just looking at this acc field i only see one sweet 16 team in there FSU. and who is that
0: fsu and it pained you to say those letters because you're a gator through and through and they could lose,
2: and they could lose in the round of thirty-two. They just lost to Notre Dame the other day.
0: And I and I know that uh, you know you know Florida State also has a loss to Georgia. Or I believe they have another loss to Georgia Tech, if I'm not mistaken, early on in the year.
2: Yes, indeed. I was out in Lake Tahoe, and I I bet on the Seminoles, and of course they. I I can put the hex on the Knolls. if I bet on them, <laughs> they lose. I bet on them three times this year. They beat Indiana like at the buzzer, but didn't cover as like a three-point favorite. Bet on them at Georgia Tech, and then who did they lose to a couple Saturday? Oh, at UNC when they had a like, double-digit lead at halftime.
0: Right. So but I can if put you remember heck... I had North Carolina as a dark horse underdog that week. I, I did not believe yeah. they were going to lose to Marquette, North Carolina at home, but I still like them against Florida State, and we came through yeah. uh, with that one for sure. That's the voice of Brian Edwards, T.J. Reeves with you. Uh, as Three Dog Thursday continues, it is our YouTube roundtable. Brian will be back in the final segment. We've got more conference tournaments, Big Ten to talk about, uh, maybe the American conference tournament. Are my Memphis Tigers going to be able to make a run as an upset-minded team? We'll be doing that in the final segment. Speaking hey. of buzzer beaters in March. Oh my God, buzzer beater that killed me, right? stake in the heart from Houston. But can, can Memphis maybe get revenge on Houston, Brian? We'll be talking about that with you in the final segment. Stand by. Much more on the way as the show rolls on. It's that time of the year. Again, the craziest month with all of the action in March Madness. Bubble teams are making their final push for a conference tournament, berth for an automatic bid, or maybe an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament. And DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, putting new customers in the center of the action by betting $4 on an underdog to win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Again, the bet is just 4 bucks on an underdog in a select college basketball game. And if they win, you collect $256. The bank is open. There's no better way to enjoy all the college basketball action and put your knowledge to the test. Put your money where your mouth is and do it with DraftKings Sportsbook. And don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on things like golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is secure, safe, reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code SGP when you sign up and turn $4 on an underdog into $256 if they pull off the upset. The code is SGP to turn $4 into $256. It's for a limited time only. And only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Other restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for more details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Are you the best college hoops better in the country? Well, Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with their free March Madness Fantasy Betting Contest. There's $8,000 in cash prizes up for grabs, and less than 100 players have joined to date. So here's how it works. You play a risk-free fantasy bet throughout the tournament against real odds and lines. Most profitable players rise up the leaderboard, and if you're in the top three at the end, you'll win your share of $8,000. It starts right before the first four tips off next Thursday night. It's graded based on units for profit. The most units for profit at the end win the cash. Players play as many or as few picks as they like one, two, or three unit picks. Use the money line, the spread, and the total. And Odds Crowd isn't just a fantasy betting contest. It's a social app built just for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private betting contests with your buddies, and much more. Download their free app at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds for Odds Crowd. Let's talk more about our friends at BetQL with the Super Bowl over and done with. We're turning our attention now to college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. And if you want an inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. They've got algorithms that have simulated all kinds of different games, all the different angles, tons of sportsbook offers that they have on the site. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store, download the BetQL app. And get the opportunity to go and play. And we're going to make it worth your while. Because if you enter the promo code SGP30, you'll get 30% off of your first subscription. That promo code again is SGP30 at BetQL.com. Get the edge. They've got you covered. They've got all the great info over at BetQL. It's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. They are also brought to you in part by Better Than. Vegas. It's an all-new, completely free website sharing thousands of handicapping videos. It's like YouTube, but it's for what the d only care about. Of course, the d only all part of the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network fleet of shows. The best part is you get to watch all the video picks from the Sports Gambling Podcast network crew. And what they're posting exclusively over on BetterThan.Vegas. They cover all sports the NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA will be here soon as well. If the free video picks aren't enough, they're giving away cash $1,000 to the handicapper that wins the most units, and $1,000 to the handicapper that has the most followers. Make sure you subscribe on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network page, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V. Better than Vegas, B-T-V, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-T-V, so you don't miss out on any of these videos. Head over to betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas to see more. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge, the stock exchange for sports bets that allows you to buy and sell betting positions live like the stock market. And the best part is it allows you to bet with no vig since you're buying positions from other sports betters, and there is no house. You can play for money in 40 states and they're doing weekly college basketball contests right now. We're talking tons of hoops from here on out here on Three Dog Thursday. And on Wednesday and Saturday, pay 10 bucks to enter and each user starts with a balance of of $1,000 in Edge coins to wager on the games. The player with the highest earnings takes the entire pool of entry fees. It's like a battle royal winner take all. Find the link under the competitions tab to get in for just $10. Sign up today at BetterEdge.com. Use our promo code SGP. Get that free $10 bet as well. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-Edge.com. Promo code SGP. Dogs a barking.
1: Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves.
0: Indeed, it is time for our YouTube video roundtable, and notably uh, here this week with Championship Week. I only have one roundtable guest because when I talk with my man Gary Seegers of the Winning Cures Everything podcast, I don't necessarily need anybody else because they cover it all, he and Chris me on that show. So if you're only hearing us on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, come find us on the YouTube page of Three Dog Thursday because it's Gary and me mixing it up on many different subjects. My friend, how are you? Thank you for hanging out. Party of one on the roundtable. Gary Seegers, my WCE, Winning Cures Everything brother. How are things?
1: I am wonderful. We have daytime basketball as you and I are talking right now. Syracuse is up 64-47 on NC State. I got to watch Sacramento State and Northern Colorado this morning. Uh the Bears getting it done. Northern Colorado got that done in the Big Sky tournament. So, uh, that was a winner for me. You know, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling I love daytime basketball and it was just a year ago that everything was taken away from us at, pretty much on this day last yes. year. So, I I'm a little more happy than, uh, than maybe I should be with with all the the work stuff that I've got going on, but but honestly, like I'd, I'd look at things as glass half full. Amen. I'm, I am prepared for daytime basketball for the next however many weeks. We have got
0: you know, sudden death tournaments. Like I'm ready to go, done one and done. Like we it, love we love it. and <laughs> by the way, you don't remember this because it's been a blur, and last year seems like it was three years ago. But you were with me pre-taping a three-dog Thursday as the mayhem was going on, and I still remember contacting you and saying, they're canceling everything that we're trying to preview. Can we redo this? And let me publicly compliment this man. You didn't have to do that last year. I don't know that you remember this. But you (laughs) recut a segment with me as well for a few minutes because we had done previews of conference tournament games for Thursday and conference tournaments for the weekend that now we're not going to be played unusable in our business. I can't use that. I can't work with that. You were great to come on. So, yes, uh, I hope it's not a harbinger of what's about to happen, that you're back on with me again. Right, <laughs> right, I know. The good news is they're better prepared with testing and with plans and backup plans to be able to do this with limited fans or no fans, whatever they need to do. And you're right depending on when they're hearing us. We're taping this on Wednesday in advance of Three Dog Thursday on the podcast, on the video, on the YouTube roundtable. And so whenever you're seeing this or hearing this, just understand we've got daytime basketball going on on Thursday, Friday, and even into Saturday. Gary and I don't know the results, so we're totally in the preview mode, but we're loving it. As I, as I often yeah. like to say, this gets us ready uh, for the big dance and all those games going on every which direction on the first two days of the tournament, which this year will be Friday and Saturday, Gary where we might as well have an IV right in the arm out of a TV screen, just a yeah. wire right, right in, put it in a vein uh, if we can. can be
1: behind me, right? So I have, I have three televisions see behind it. me. I have one that's over here to the left of me, and I've got another laptop right here. I am set up. I'm ready to go. This is how I do it for football season, right? So I am ready to rock and roll. Let's get all these conference tournaments going. Last year, us re-recording that, I was actually in my office. Last, that was the last full week being in the office that I have had since
0: then. It's been a year. And well, I you have. Were, not, you were not I've, in the office. And again, full disclosure here, you work for my alma mater, the University of Memphis, do a great job with them. But you were not actually in the office for I'm the better there. part of like six months after that. Okay. Right? It, well, was it was at least six months before you ever went back exactly. after that night.
1: It was a long, long time. It, it was here and there specific things that I had to go for, but I couldn't be on campus or, or I could not be in the same room with anybody else. Wow. I could not, I could not go into the building when somebody else, it was so meticulously organized. It was, it was really well done what the campus did. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it was, It was bananas trying to figure it all Uh,
0: out. (laughs) uh, And then everything shut down across the country, across the globe, including the sports world. Thank God, like you said, we're glass half full. We've got all of this. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, Gary Seegers of Winning Cures Everything. Let's mix it up. And we will begin first with the controversy that you guys have been talking about on your show with Chris Giannini, Winning Cures Everything, the show, the podcast, the YouTube show, the live show. Uh, Kansas uh, basically had no choice in football. I know we'll talk some basketball here in a few minutes. We're not talking Bill Self and Rock Chalk Jayhawk basketball. But Kansas has gotten rid of Les Miles after two awful seasons because of uh, previous allegations coming to light of misconduct, sexual misconduct, sexual harassment at LSU. He is out. You guys have been talking about this. What a mess. What a mess for Miles, for LSU, for Kansas. And now, once again, Kansas looking for a football coach.
1: Now, you said that they really didn't have a choice. They did. They did. If Les Miles was winning, you know, seven, eight games a year at Kansas, I mean, they could have looked at this and said, ah, you know what? That was in the past. He's rehabbed. He's done better, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but as far as, you know, it, the, the public perception, that's pretty awful. But Kansas doesn't care about public perception. Look at the basketball program. Like, look at the FBI stuff that's going on there. Like the issue right now, of course, they have fired Les Miles and that's easy to do when he is losing and you get a settlement of a little less than $2 million to get rid of him. It, now it's not ideal to be trying to hire a football coach in the middle of March when spring practice is either already begun or is about to begin. That's not ideal, but they did have an option of, of whether or not they wanted to do it and
0: they chose, Hey, let's go ahead and get this taken care of. What kind of coach do you believe they're going to get with the, the struggles they've had from Charlie Weiss to Turner Gill and then eventually turning to Miles and Miles only won three games. The last two, three, the last yeah. couple of years.
1: Oh, it's been it's been bad, and and I will tell you this: that program is a a complete dumpster fire. You can't get players there, um, but but you can get a coach that can build a strong foundation. Kansas State is what a uh, an hour drive away from Lawrence. Like they have been able to do something there at least. And I mean, Bill Snyder had it absolutely rolling. Yes, for a little while. Kansas, I don't think that it is just a just a dead program. I think that they can do some different things, but they have to look at it differently. You can't go into it saying we're going to play Oklahoma, you know, man up. Where you're not going to be able to do that. Every now and then, you might be able to sneak out a win because a trick plays or something like that. But I do think that this is a program that you could really look at from the Power Five level and and look at the triple option. Right? You can look at bringing in a Jeff Munkin or. Uh, Ken Neomatalola, or any of those kind of guys. You can bring in a triple guy. Now, I think Willie Fritz at Tulane would be a perfect fit here. Um, but the triple at Kansas, you know, there are a lot of offensive linemen that go it just kind of overlooked in the Big 12 because of the style of offense that every other team in the Big 12 plays. You bring in some, some hog mollies in there. Like, you can do some <laughs> damage. You can run over those Big 12 defenses. I think there are ways that they can do this.
0: And, and I was throwing my hands up earlier, gesturing for those watching us on YouTube. What do they have to lose? They have been exactly. awful for so long. You can't say, the old analogy is you can't fall off the floor. You cannot fall off the floor at Kansas full, at, at football. Okay. They're already on the deck. Uh, might they try something else? We'll see what happens there. But
1: if everybody wants to point at Georgia Tech, right? Georgia Tech, oh, look at what they're going through right now. And what Georgia Tech is going through right now, Georgia Tech would beat Kansas by, by three touchdowns right now. Like, what they went through, Paul Johnson tied or won the Coastal Division, tied for first or won the Coastal four times in 11 years. They won an Orange Bowl. They played in another one. They tied for second or, or won second, whatever, finished second in the Coastal three other times. So in seven of 11 years running the triple in the ACC, Georgia Tech was able to finish either first or second seven times in 11 years.
0: That's not it, bad. It can be done, and Munkin has done it at Army. And Nui Montalolo has done it at Navy. Who knows what they're going to hire? I I just wonder what what they're going to get. So there's a little football conversation. I want to turn it uh, to something uh, near and dear before we get back to the college basketball. I will will show on the screen that I'm even wearing the players championship shirt here as part of the conversation with Gary Seegers. On the YouTube roundtable on Three Dog Thursday, Gary from the Winning Cures Everything podcast. And so that leads us to the buzz that is around this guy that we're showing on the screen, Bryson DeChambeau, who won for the ninth time on the PGA tour last week at the Arnold Palmer invitation. Look at the arms up, Gary Seegers, much the same way that you pump drives over the top of the water, except they don't normally, in your case, go 360 or 370 yards. And look at the laughter. Nobody's laughing at this guy bulking up anymore, and he's got such torque on the driver and the golf ball flies so far now that he's figured out how to decimate courses. He won a U.S. Open a year ago. He's figured out how to decimate courses with the length, with the ridiculous length. Uh, Here it is again. I love the gesture as we look at the video one more time where he puts almost like a touchdown. He puts the arms up because he knew he hit it (laughs) 320 plus to get it across the lake cutting off probably 150 yards of distance by doing that, Bryson DeChambeau. So, again, I mean, this is, this is unheard of. Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, they can't hit the ball that far. This guy's hitting it that ridiculously far. So as we come back on the screen here, they're playing the Players' Championship, the unofficial fifth major this weekend. DeChambeau, obviously one of the favorites, hot off of winning in Orlando about an hour and a half south of Ponte Vedra Beach. Uh, so you just wonder, is this going to translate? And I was even sharing with you, the PGA Tour came out with a, a ruling uh, a couple of days ago that was essentially a Bryson DeChambeau rule, which said, if you're going to try to hit the ball on 18 over the lake, the famous finishing 18th hole right after uh, the, the par three uh, 17th with the Island Green, if you're going to try to hit it left of the lake, which that is the ninth tee and then some, some standing area, et cetera, if you're going to try to do that, We're going to call it out of bounds if you're hitting off the 18th tee over towards the ninth hole. This is after Bryson had hinted he was going to do that. So at at least he's bringing some buzz to golf. If you're not a golf person, a hardcore golf person, at least Bryson bringing some buzz back to golf with what he's doing with how far he's hitting the ball, Gary, just real quick. The,
1: The rule change is so completely absurd. If you have a guy that is capable of doing it, then allow him to do it because the fans want to see it. I would love to watch this again. Like, I, I want to see him <laughs> try this kind of mess because if you mess up, if you hit it wrong, right, that thing is going to splash. Yes. I mean, it, you saw it. Like, it, it had pretty good distance over the lake, but it, one one wrong twitch, and that thing is in the lake. So then he has to take a stroke penalty. He's got to all I Hit it spine. from the
0: same spot. Right, right.
1: Right. So... Allow him to do it because there is risk with it. We've seen this. Phil Mickelson has done this before. Uh, we've seen him do it at the Masters. We've seen him do it at, at several different majors where he takes a very unusual track to get to the green, and and it's all risk. It's okay. Our the no- only thing I already know. I
0: submit is that usually the things like what we saw in the video are on the same hole, and so what they're trying to prevent here is not just in this case, but in subsequent cases. And you know this is coming for the Masters and Augusta, and the Green Jackets are horrified at watching what he's trying to do. And he tried some of it in November in the delayed Masters, and it didn't work. He didn't play necessarily well. But the organizers of these big events don't want you utilizing other things they never thought of, other holes, other areas of, hey, I can hit it 350 over the lake, so now I can hit it over here to this other hole and play this hole from over there or play this hole from over there if I'm over to... Again, a game we are all completely unfamiliar with. We have no clue. We have no ability to hit it that far, but that's how, that's how they think. That's how they operate. And just a quick thought from you because I want to get some college basketball in with Gary Seegers before we get out of here. Do you believe he will continue on the role that he's on? A lot of people don't realize he's now won nine times, former U.S. amateur champion, Former NCAA champion DeShambo. He has lived up to the hype winning tournaments, won the U.S. Open. Do you believe his role is going to continue or will this fizzle out? Will he maybe injure himself, which is a lot of the talk with how big he that would is? That's my guess. I mean, that's, what do you that's think? my guess. Essentially,
1: like, I, I I, do think he, he has bulked up so much. I mean, if, if you look at what he was just two years ago to what he is now. It is a massive, massive difference. And I, I'm not accusing him of anything. This could right. all be completely natural, whatever. But it, it kind of reminds you of the jump that Barry Bonds took, right? And we all know what happened there. So eventually, if that kind of stuff is going on, then, yeah, it's absolutely going to fizzle out. Now, how many, how many uh, tournaments can he win between now and then? Uh, who knows? But I, I would imagine that it will eventually fizzle out because all of them do. Everybody hits a hot streak. I mean, we all remember Justin Thomas did it. Right. And, Marie, and all these guys jump up, and they're, they're hitting everything all at the same time. And, and then eventually,
0: everybody catches up. And one more thing to submit. He is tremendous with the short game and with the putter. Yeah. That's what you have to have, whether you're Dustin Johnson, and the, and the putter eluded him for the longest time. Tiger Woods, for all the stuff about the length, magician around the green and with the putter to save par or to make birdie uh, when it didn't look like he could make a three or make a four. That's the whole point. Bryson has the whole game, but the distance thing has got everybody buzzing. And so we'll watch for the players championship out of one eye with all the college basketball and all that's happening with March Madness. We'll watch and see how he does at the players championship and, and how he tries to overpower TPC Sawgrass if he can this year or not. And then again, the Masters looming as the next major about a month away. We'll see. A few more moments. Well, before yeah. you uh,
1: before yeah. you move on to that, you brought up the short game. The short game is, is all mental. That's all. So when you are on the come up, that is you don't have as much to worry about. That is what it is. When you start winning all of these in a row, that's when all the stuff creeps into your head about, oh, I need to keep the streak going or, oh, what about uh, my, my wife and my girlfriend, what right. about you know, like all these different things that are going <laughs> on in your head? You've got all these interviews, you got all this stuff going on. It eventually can take over. The short game is usually the first one to, uh, to kind of go right. So, right. That's, that's something to pay attention
0: to. So like The putter, for your, for your point, the putter eludes a lot of people. It's eluded Rory McElroy. Now, he won the Players' Championship last year, and he's won a bunch of events, but he is not the same putter as when he was absolutely dominating in the mid-2010s. Exactly. Uh, Jordan Spieth recently is not yes. the same putter and has struggled. So that, again, it ebbs and flows, and the game is a difficult game. It is, it is humbling, and DeChambeau may miss the cut at the Players' Championship to prove how humbling it can be. At times, I mean, all the talk again before that November Masters was he was going to overpower it and dominate it. And he was not within 15 shots of the league when it oh, all yeah. ended all and all got said and done, Gary.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it, when all of this stuff, when all the hype builds up, that's when it starts to take a toll on certain aspects of the game. Now, he'll be able to crush the ball, but if you're not hitting it in the right spot, what difference does it make? Right. So that's my point with the rule. Like forget it. Like just let them, let them hit it wherever they want to hit it. I don't even care. I'd like to watch him crush the ball, but I also know that if he crushes it over there and he hits it behind a tree, like he's still gonna have to take as many strokes as the next guy just to be able to get to the green. So
0: that's that's true. All right. It all, it's (laughs) it's not, and it's not how far as I often say, and I love the game. It's how many it's not. It's did did it take you five or did it take you four? or Did it take you six or seven? It's not how far that you hit it. All right uh we got to get out of here in a couple of moments i cannot let you get away with all the college basketball tournaments that are going on you're in and around the mid-south you and Chris Giannini are talking all week about all the tournaments their picks i'm going to let you plug away about that as well for the different conference tournaments sec tournament give me a little breakdown here alabama and arkansas are the favorites who can make a run this is one of the themes on the show on three dog thursday right now gary who can make a run that's not one of the top two seeds is it tennessee is it Florida? Is it somebody else in that SEC tournament? As we take a look at the draw on the screen here, what what would you say on who can make a run here in this tournament? So everybody
1: in this tournament is incredibly inconsistent, right? Like it, there's not been any consistency other than Alabama and Arkansas. And even Alabama, their offensive consistency is ridiculous. Like they, they have not been uh, great on the offensive side of the ball in – a month at least now they did uh, play that sweet string music on Saturday afternoon against Georgia like in the second half right they, they hit 80 percent from three they hit 63 percent from the field they I mean they put up 59 points in the second half they were rolling but they didn't do it in the first half now what what Alabama does have and what Arkansas does have is they can play defense now Tennessee kind of the same thing this is how we get to championship basketball. If you can play defense, then you can hang in these games and you can win games where you don't have your best offensive output. Obviously, Alabama and Arkansas are the favorites. I I don't trust Florida to be able to get there. I don't trust Tennessee to be able to get there. Chris has three underdog bets to be able to win the tournament, and that was LSU. Uh, They are the three seed. Now, they would have to go through Arkansas and likely Alabama. Uh, Ole Miss is another one at six because you can get Ole Miss at plus 2,500. And they're another team that – that can get really streaky on offense. Uh, I do I do kind of like that one, but having to go through LSU, Arkansas, Alabama, whatever. Um, Kentucky is another one. I know that Kentucky has been awful, but they have the talent. And this is typically about the time of the year where Kentucky starts to play really, really well together. All their freshmen kind of gel. That's not inconceivable. I mean, they they would have to beat Mississippi State, which is a tough physical matchup. They would then play Alabama, who they were in the lead with four minutes left in Tuscaloosa about a month ago. Uh, from there, you know either Tennessee or Florida, more than likely, and they've already beaten both of those teams. And then you end up with LSU or Arkansas, and they play both of those within one possession each. It's not
0: out of the realm of possibility that Kentucky could win this thing. I just don't know that they can put it together consistently. And again, they're playing Three. the uh, early game. Um, on Thursday as Three Dog Thursday is released. So you may already know that result of how Kentucky did or didn't do, as you're hearing us later in the day. And obviously by Friday, et cetera, you're going to know results that we can't possibly know because we don't know the matchups. I I look at that tournament and think Alabama and Arkansas appear to be e-ticketed to play each other again, and it would be a revenge game for Alabama. But the Tennessee-Florida winner might be trouble for Alabama. And I know you lean Alabama. You're from there and around there. They might be trouble for Alabama, and if they're not trouble, I'm not so sure that Alabama doesn't just route and and roll roll tide through the whole thing it's, in Nashville.
1: They are so Alabama is number three in the country in defensive efficiency. That is where they have been able to win games when the offense isn't exactly clicking. Right, if they get hot from three, it's over. But there are teams that can catch them, obviously. And yes, the Arkansas game, we, we could say it would be a revenge game, but Arkansas's last win was a revenge game for Arkansas because Alabama beat them by 31 at the end of January. So it, it's half and half and we'll see who ends up winning, you know, the the rubber match basically, but I would assume Alabama and Arkansas will get there. Arkansas worries me because Jalen Ferguson is, is out and he's a freshman six ten. you know, if you look at his numbers overall on the season, not great, but he's been averaging like 25 minutes a game over the last, you know, two, three weeks. Uh, He's a big-time rebounder. Uh, if he's scoring, I mean, that is like added pressure on other teams. So at, without him, I don't know what this team's going to look like. The only game that they have played without him was against Texas A&M in that last regular season matchup, and they didn't look great. I mean, they were lucky to get that win over a and Well, I would assume it will be Alabama and Arkansas, but, uh, I mean, you never know with these things. That's what makes conference tournaments so much fun.
0: It is crazy. It is mayhem. There's going to be something like 80-plus games played on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Daytime basketball. Uh, I know. (laughs) Daytime basketball is a big thing in Selection Sunday coming here. Hey, one more quick one. Besides the SEC tournament, is there another tournament that just really intrigues you? I have the whole buffet in front of Gary Seegers here, Winning Cures Everything, the show and the podcast. Another one that you're really going to have your eyes on, you're in SEC country. What's another one?
1: I've got two. Uh, I'll give you the AAC. I want to see if Memphis can avenge the loss to Houston. Now, they would not play them in the championship game. They would play right. them in the uh, in the next round, whatever. It is. I guess the third round, semifinals, whatever it is. They would play Houston there uh, if they can get through either Central Florida or East Carolina because Wichita State won the conference regular season title even though they played significantly fewer games than the other teams. So that is interesting in and of itself. Memphis did beat Wichita State by 20 points. Yes, they did. uh, Back about a month and a half ago. So if Memphis can get to the title game, I would feel really good about their chances. They played right up with Houston. I know. Uh,
0: Heartbreaking. know, know, I'm an alum. Half-court shot. How do you let the Lark kid catch it? Or Mark, or whatever his name is. How do you let him catch it and dribble and shoot when you have a foul to give? It was crazy. I, I just don't know, agree or disagree, they could lose the first game to East Carolina or UCF or they could win the tournament. I don't know which for Memphis. Jekyll and Hyde, I do not know.
1: Uh, Well, I I will tell you this. They are more likely to win the first game and get to play Houston. This team has actually been really good over the last... They have won nine of their last 11, the only two losses in that span, at SMU by two points, and then at Houston, lost on a buzzer beater from half court. Like, this team is really, really good. So I... While they have not been... Offensively spectacular. Their defense is number two in the country in efficiency. As long as you can play defense, you can win games, especially in tournament settings. That's the biggest thing here. And can so the guard
0: like, Lomax? Can the guard Lomax help him? We don't know his health. We got to watch that as it progresses in Fort Worth. And I know you got one play, more tournament, yeah, right? That you didn't play
1: against, uh, He didn't play against Houston. That's the correct. other tournament that I've got, the Big East tournament. So Villanova. Yes, Colin Gillespie's out. We don't know what's going on with his backup uh, because he tweaked an ankle. He may not play in the Big East tournament. And then you've got Creighton, all the mess going on with Greg McDermott. Who knows what they're going to be like. Now, obviously, they demolished Butler with an interim coach. But now that McDermott's coming back, are those kids going to want to play for him? Who knows? Everybody likes UConn.
0: And I love UConn because James... I going to say it. You read my mind. That's the what? dangerous team. But you say no.
1: No. I have a plus 2,000 ticket on St. John's Woo. to be able to win this thing. Think about it. St. John's 11-3 and three at home this year. They are... Absolutely rolling under Mike Anderson. That defense is legit. At they're not the most consistent team, but they are the number four seed. They have to play Seton Hall in the first game. Well, they just beat Seton Hall by ten after being down eighteen to nothing. Did you see that game? That was ridiculous.
0: Yes, it is. It, they were behind eighteen nothing and came yes. back and won by double figures. It's crazy.
1: If they beat Seton Hall, they would play the winner of Villanova and, and whoever
0: they would end up with, right? And Villanova is clearly damaged goods, like you're exactly. saying, at the Garden, yeah, and it's, and it's the Johnny's at the Garden, limited fans with a chance to advance on the automatic bid. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it a little bit at home. At home, they get to play in Madison Square
1: Garden. Like, I, give give me that plus two thousand ticket all day long. That defense is relentless. They play up tempo the whole game. At plus two thousand, looked like a joke to me. I said, this is ridiculous. So I, I've got <laughs> that ticket. I I do like Mike Anderson. Now, obviously, UConn is playing insanely well. Dan Hurley and that bunch. They they have turned it on, and they were a bubble team just you know six games ago, like three weeks ago, and now they are likely a seven seed. And getting Book
0: Night, the uh, the outstanding uh, guard forward scorer back healthy from the injury where he was gone for like four games with the left elbow injury. He has helped them. It's
1: the Kemba thing that. all over again.
0: Saint John Saint John's is dangerous. Let's just see. If uh, if they can hang in. I do know this. This guy is fantastic. He's solid. We want to plug away for Gary Seegers. Here's where you find him right here on social media. Uh, Find Gary and the winning cures. Everything show uh, right here at Gary W.C.E. Winning cures. Everything is the podcast as I show it here to the YouTube audience. Gary hanging out with me here. Find him right there. Uh, Gary WCE on Twitter, find the Winning Cures Everything show. There it is right there where you've got uh, your you're multiple times a week. Give me the layout for the weekend with Championship Week just real quick. How often are you going to be putting out new content on Winning Cures Everything?
1: We, so I know that we will have a show on Friday. We are discussing doing a show every day during the NCAA tournament. I don't know exactly how that's going to go yet. But that's our plan. We, we do Monday, Wednesday, Friday during the week for Winning Cures Everything. We do uh, our college football show once a week that comes out on Wednesdays for sportsbookreview.com. You can find us at sbrpicks.comslash ncaaf, uh, or obviously the Twitter at Gary WCE or winningcureseverything.com. It's very simple to find, uh, but we are all over the place. A lot of content.
0: A lot of you content. We're locked and loaded. They can find it again at Gary WCE. Uh, Chris Giannini is his co-host, winningcureseverything.com. These are my brothers right here. Love them for being in the Mid-South. Love them for loving college football and college basketball. Here we go with championship week, and we're going to have a bracket Sunday night. It was all taken away a year ago, this very week, 52 weeks ago. So all things being equal, we're going to get a bracket, and we're going to get an NCAA tournament. I know we're excited about that. Gary, thank you. I, I know you're busy. I know you've got to run. Thank you for hopping on with me here Anytime. on the Three Dog Thursday YouTube Roundtable.
1: Anytime, my brother. Thank you for having us and for allowing me to uh, to spread whatever BS knowledge I might have. Uh, but I, I do have fun with you. I appreciate when you invite me on. Uh, we, we do this often, and I would like to continue to do so.
0: And we are back in one more time with senior handicapper Brian Edwards, majorwager.com and Vegas Insider. I say this all the time. you got to be locked in on this man's social media, at Vegas B. Edwards. Also, Major Wager Uno for all the latest on the odds, the injuries, the different things that are going on. I mean, Brian, you are going to be spitting out updates, information left and right, whether they're hearing us on Thursday or as the weekend is unfolding. I mean, you're going to be – updating injury status on some players there's question marks etc etc again this is huge for Friday as it becomes Saturday as it becomes Sunday trying to figure this stuff out right
2: yeah and I know we're going to talk about the Big Ten and we've got some key injuries and I'm not really talking about this weekend it would be such a shame if Wise Camp can't go next week for Iowa because he's clearly their their second best player behind Luca and that would be so shameful, and obviously, I feel so bad for Colin Gillespie of Villanova right. out for the season. I hope that Drake is going to be able to get Hemp Hill back, that the leading scorer and rebounder who got hurt like a month ago. And I, I, I know he didn't play uh, against in the Valley Tournament. Um, if they get in, I think most uh, uh, bracketologists have Drake barely in right now, but obviously that could change with bid steals and you know those teams that are barely in that don't have any games left to play
0: are yep drake is tough. one of those well we said that last week on the show that if whoever lost that game especially if it was drake was going to be nervous loyal and not as nervous because Loyola's metrics were better in the net ranking uh in the in the ken palm stuff uh etc cetera, etc cetera. um i think it's but- tough
2: on the committee too man because if if Hemp hill is going to be back I think that what they were—they undefeated when he got beat, or when I'm he got not, hurt. I'm not
0: sure if they had lost to Valpo yet or not. They had those back-to-back I, I, games against Valpo, I, and he may have been hurt it for the. Might have been
2: that that game he got hurt, or the next game. But anyway, um, you know they, and then they have lost Ramon Penn, their their starting point guard. But if Hempill is going to be ready, I, I think they should be judged with him, and with him, I think they should probably be in. But if he's not going to be ready. They are not, you know, without two of their best players, they're not worthy. But, I mean, I feel bad for their kids. That's yeah, tough.
0: Yeah, it is tough. And they and they have always consistently said with the selection committee for 20 years or more, you are judged on two things. When you had injuries or suspensions or transfers sitting out earlier in the year, what, what was your record? How did you do? How did you do better or not? And then at the end of the year, if you're not the same team because of significant injuries, the classic example, as you know, is the Kenyon Martin 2000 because they were going to be the number one seed. And I was there in Memphis as part of the University of South Florida's radio crew in that tournament when he went down in the first half of the first game and they went from being the presumptive number one seed. I believe they ended up as a two and they got got beat beat in the opening round without Kenyon Martin but they will be judged you'll be judged differently and Villanova is going to get judged differently we said this uh last week when we learned that Colin Gillespie was going to be out uh for the rest of the season essentially because it's a torn knee ligament and he's not going to he's not going to be back The they you know Jay Wright flatly said he's not going to be back the only hope would have been could he be back in like three or four weeks for the final four if they were there without him but without him, and now the, the, the guard is hurt, too, they're going right. to be judged differently, especially if they lose early in that Big East tournament. Uh, out mm-hmm. of the draw, if they go down to defeat early on in the Big East tournament, then that could be an issue for Villanova's seating uh, as well. They might have gone from, let's say, a 2 or a 3 down to a 4 or a 5, playing a much tougher opponent uh, in the opening round, et cetera. All right, so let's get into the Big Ten here in our closing moments. Uh, You and I are going to go back and forth, I'm sure, on a couple of teams. Again, the same qualifier that we're looking for a three-seed or lower potentially to make a run. I like Iowa in the bottom of the draw. Again, they are slated to play Friday night in the late game uh, at the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. We don't know their opponent because at the time that we're taping here on Three Dog Thursday, Wisconsin is the likely team they would play, but we don't know if there's an upset. I just like Luca and company. You've already said earlier in the podcast with Wise Camp, and you just said it here. Wise Camp being injured, uh, that that makes them damage goods, and you're disagreeing with me that you like Illinois better in this draw, right? And tell me more.
2: Well, it, <clears throat> and they have, they're not going by TJ's three seed or yep. worse principalities, if you will, but they are an underdog price to win the tournament at plus three twenty, And that is Illinois. You talk about collecting two big boy wins. You go into Ann Arbor without Io DeSumo, you're all American and you don't just beat Michigan who at the time had only one loss. And I was saying look like the best team in the nation in the last couple of weeks. You don't just beat them. You pimp slapped them. Yep. And then with IO back, you go into Columbus and Ohio state had lost three games in a row. I don't want to say they were in desperation mode, but, but you know, you want to end it. You don't want to go into the, the, you know, four game losing streak. Although it's a shameless four game losing streak. All the games are close all against big time opponents. Um, And you're down a good chunk of the game and you make all the plays at crunch time and you win. I like Illinois. I like what's going on there. But if I do the, uh, the three-seater worse, like I said, it's a shameless four game losing streak for Ohio state still feel they're a sweet 16 team minimum. And I won't be surprised if Ohio state, In fact, I expect Ohio State to beat Purdue and get another shot at Michigan. If Michigan can get past the Maryland-Michigan State winner, Michigan State's hot. Maryland was hot until two bad losses last week.
0: Well, again, uh, as we go through all of this with Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider, we keep giving qualifiers. You may know results. We don't know them in advance of Three Dog Thursday. And the show lives on in championship week for Friday and Saturday with our predictions with what we're doing. So I believe Michigan State's going to win that game with Maryland. And then you've got a third immediate match uh, rematch with Michigan, a third game basically coming in the same, what, eight or nine days that they're playing each other. Uh, And I don't like Michigan State's chances on the neutral floor in the third matchup, revenge for Michigan after losing in East Lansing. But you think Ohio State can turn it around and maybe be the team that makes the run. What leads you just real quick to believe that about Chris Holtman's team when they have lost four in a row coming into this tournament? And again, we don't know. You may already know that Ohio State won big on Thursday to get into the matchup with Purdue, who has the double bye or Ohio State may have been beaten, we don't know. But if, if Ohio State's going to make a run, it's because of why. What do you think?
2: Well, in my mind, they were a, uh, a top 10 team, maybe borderline top five before the four-game losing streak. And in the Michigan uh, game and um, uh, the one against Illinois on uh, – uh, was that Saturday or Sunday? Anyway, those two games – they just went ice cold shooting the ball the last two minutes of the game or they per- I didn't watch the Ohio State Michigan State game and I'm trying to think what the fourth loss was but they could have easily won the Michigan and Illinois games and I, I think everybody will agree Michigan and Illinois are going to be number one seeds in the tournament so I mean you know Ohio State is losing close games to really good teams and uh, you know I think it's just a matter of execution at crunch time offensively that could completely change the dynamics of whether those were wins or else.
0: The other loss was the narrow loss to Michigan State in East Lansing during this streak. The only thing that I will say here uh, is, again, for all the talk about the metrics, the net ranking, et cetera, et cetera, at some point, common sense has to take over. And if winning and losing is what it's all about here this time of year, when you lose four games in a row, at the end of the season, I don't care how good your conference is or how good the teams are, it has to hurt your standing. Let me say that again. It has to hurt your standing. Otherwise, why are we playing games with results at the end of the year? Let's just pick our favorites and select without playing games and just call it the NCAA tournament. So you're
2: saying that from a seating standpoint, correct right?
0: from a seeding. Okay. Standpoint, and I'm just,
2: keep, I'm just saying, regardless of where they're seated, they're still they're dangerous. very dangerous. Yeah. That's I all. don't
0: doubt that. I don't doubt that, but I keep reading everywhere. Well, those four losses of being to Illinois, Iowa, and Michigan for three of them should have hurt them from being on the two line. And I sit back, not living in big 10 country, which you and I do not living in the state of Florida and saying, uh, as we, as we joke in our household, Bo hunkers, Bo Hunkus, it shouldn't matter. It does matter that you lost no, four times at the end of the year, and it should affect your seed line maybe from a two to a three. Again, I come back to the undeniable, uh, non-debatable yeah. point. Why are we playing games? If losing them at the end doesn't matter, then why play the remainder of the season. This is, uh, you've got me on a rant now, this is why when we hear the selection committee year after year idiotically say it doesn't matter who wins the championship game, we already have to determine who the seeds are and where they're going to go, that's idiotic. If, if it's a significant semi-final game on a neutral floor to help you for a seed, how is the next rung up the championship game not an even more uh, important game? So uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how they play it out with Ohio State and how they do, but there's enough on the Big Ten, which should be a knockdown dragout drag-out tournament. Big Ten likely has eight teams, eight for sure, out of the 14 that are going to be in the NCAA tournament. It may be a ninth team or greater. Let's find out. Uh, if, and it may be nine, it may be ten before it's over with, depending on who makes a run.
2: And we also have uh, a pink slip going out to Archie Miller and one of the more desired jobs in the country, uh, which could create uh, a lot of speculation, perhaps around Baylor and Scott Drew as they advance through the tournament. That could be a target uh, for Indiana. Who I mean, who knows who uh, who will be a target? Indiana will set their sights high. I'm going to be surprised if they try to get Calipari because I think Calipari is ready to make a jump probably the NBA, but I don't know if the NBA guy does an NBA team want him as a head coach yeah, right now. But
0: the other, the other thing that I keep maintaining, he figured it out about five or six years ago, especially Calipari, while you're on that subject, uh, having coached in the NBA previously, he's like an NBA coach and GM at Kentucky with all the players that he's constantly bringing in. And he's like the GM on which ones he selects. And so he makes his eight or $9 million and plays a third of the games in the regular season and a simpler Travel schedule, sure. a simpler everything, not as long of a grind. I don't think he's ever going back to the NBA. And man, oh man, if the Kentucky coach goes and takes the Indiana job, Porter Moser might be an interesting name for Indiana while we're talking about the Loyal to Chicago coach. That could be I, an interesting I, name I, if the Indiana job, though.
2: I, I wouldn't be against it, but I think, I think Indiana's ha- aiming, I don't think they're going the mid major route like they just did with Archie. I think they are aiming
0: uh, very. Let me tell high. you this the Hoosiers. Have been lying, aiming- maybe. Maybe They've, even the Hoosiers have been old. aiming and misfiring for years uh, from Kelvin Sampson, Tom Crean, eventually petered out and we're wore out as welcome. And then the Archie Miller we'll see the coaching carousel will get very interesting with an Indiana opening uh, and maybe even a couple of other ones uh, that could be significant few minutes left. That's the voice of Brian Edwards, majorwager.com. TJ Reeves with you uh, in the American conference tournament, Fort Worth, Texas, with the understanding again, that we don't know the early results uh, in this tournament. But, Brian, you know my allegiance lies with the Memphis Tigers who are on the bottom of the draw. They qualify for the stipulation that I'm putting out there, the qualifier, that it's got to be a three-seed or worse to make a run into the championship game. Revenge game potentially in the Saturday semifinal for them with Houston, who's the two-seed. Top of the draw, they've beaten both Wichita State in the only meeting and Cincinnati in the only meeting. I think if Memphis, who's beaten East Carolina and beaten UCF twice each, Memphis should win their Friday game, their quarterfinal game. If they get by Houston, they may win the whole thing in the American. I know that's a big ask, but it may be wide open in Fort Worth, Texas, because I think Memphis looks at this as – um, revenge against Houston and then teams they've already beaten. Brian Edwards, talk, talk me out of that, please. From the American in Fort Worth, Texas.
2: Well, no, I, I, think Memphis is, is definitely the team uh, to watch and it would be best for the conference because I think if they beat Houston and obviously they would, that would mean two wins they've added uh, this weekend. Uh, I think they'll have a great chance on selection Sunday, as long as, if they would lose, it would be Wichita State and it'd be a close game. Now, if, if Cincinnati or SMU gets to the finals and they lose, that that's a, you know, they, if they get past Houston and then lose to Cincy or SMU, they need to go ahead and get the automatic bid. If
0: that's well, necessary. and if they do, it's probably a bid stealer because honestly, I don't think Wichita State has an at-large case. Uh, Memphis. Uh Oh, has I think they a- do. And, Wichita
2: State's the number one seed in this, in this conference. But that's
0: that's kind of quirky because Wichita State played one game with Houston and they got whacked by Memphis at Memphis. And because of COVID, didn't have to play Memphis a second time. And, and because of the schedule quirk, didn't have to play Houston a second time. So it's quirky that they're the number one seed as it is. And I don't know that they have a stronger at-large case than Memphis. I don't know that either one of them has a strong at-large case. So this is potential bid stealer here for Wichita State or for Memphis, because I think if Houston wins the tournament, even even if Wichita State's in the championship game, I don't know that Wichita State's in the NCAA tournament. So let's see. This is a bid-stealer situation. If Memphis or the Shockers can get the automatic bid, that's probably bad news for Drake. That's probably bad news uh, at the bottom of the draw for a a Big East team, somebody like uh, uh, Seton Hall or Xavier. It, It might be bad news in the Big 12. For a team, we'll see uh, how it how it all or the Pac-12 too with how it plays out. By the way, that leaves me with one more: the Pac-12 tournament playing out in Las Vegas. Uh, we know that USC is in. We know that Colorado is in on what they've done in the regular season. I guess Oregon and uh, and UCLA are the interesting ones for the NCAA tournament. Colorado's the three seed. I might like them to win that whole tournament. UCLA is the four seed under my qualifier do you like either ucla or colorado to make the run of the championship game if not win the pac-12 tournament or are you staying away from that brian edwards
2: um well i, I like colorado i in fact have a 60 to 1 ticket for them uh to win it all not that i expect them to but if they get to the sweet 16 i can get creative uh with some hedges and, and and ensure a profit um i'll call for colorado to win this tournament uh, UCLA has has kind of slumped. I mean, close games against the better opponents in the league, but they've kind of slumped a little bit. But I do think UCLA. Now, I mean, they they had some injuries early in the year, um, but I love their coach. Um, I, I could see UCLA uh, meeting Colorado in the finals. I, I think Colorado wins this tournament. I'm not sure what those odds are though.
0: An interesting, Colorado on the bottom of the draw with USC, who they beat twice in the regular season. So, again, here's USC looking for revenge. Tough to beat a, t- a team three times in the same year as we always talk about. Uh, for UCLA, they lost to Oregon last week in Eugene and then lost on the heartbreaker to USC in the final regular season game. That's the top half of the draw in the Pac-12 tournament. We'll see how that plays out. My Lord, have we covered a lot of college Basketball here on this podcast as we come to the end of our conversation. It's all going to continue with <laughs> the games, the mayhem. Brian, tell them how they find all of your great information through your social outlets, etc., with trends, injury updates, the matchups that we don't know. Plug away, please.
2: Uh yeah. So um on Twitter, you can find me at Vegas B Edwards. You can find my content at majorwager.com and you can follow um, Uh, that Twitter uh, at Major Wager Uno. Uh, I'm also doing a podcast now on Tuesdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. Central with the A to Z Sports guys. Uh, You can go to the A to Z Sports uh, Twitter or any uh, social media outlet and and find that at 2 Central on Tuesdays uh, and Fridays. And uh, I think that – and find all my picks at VegasInsider.com.
0: Yes, and so, again, we love all of the insight that you give us. Uh, But, again, lock in for those updates on what are the matchups. I didn't even get a quick SEC take from you before you go. Again, we don't know what happens, but we believe it's Florida and Tennessee in the 4-5 matchup and the winner to potentially get Alabama. Again, if I'm looking at the SEC tournament in Nashville, Alabama and Arkansas are the two best teams. I don't know that I like somebody to make a run, but the winner of the Florida-Tennessee team is the only one that I see maybe upsetting Alabama. And I know you would want that to be your Gators, who you love, but that's the only one I see out of Nashville.
2: Well, you know, so Trey Mann, Florida's best player, had a migraine, did not make it out of the hotel, and did not get to the arena for that game Sunday against Tennessee. And yet Florida led by 14 at the half. But look, Tennessee is an elite defensive team. They put Florida on lockdown. They made enough shots. Um, And, you know, looking at – I said about the ACC, FSU, it looks like the only Sweet 16 team – to me, Arkansas and Alabama look like the only Sweet 16 teams in the SEC. Um, I think Florida-Tennessee will probably be around to pick them. Maybe Florida a little bit favored, with you know, with Trey Man being back and it being on neutral court. Um, but I, uh, Florida didn't get the double bye. I don't want us to play four game in four games in four days ahead of the tournament. That just leaves you with dead legs. So I want Florida to win two games, lose a heartbreaker to Alabama, get back to Gainesville Saturday evening, rest up, eat some food, watch Selection Sunday, get back to practice Monday morning.
0: All right, interesting on that. And, again, the Gators and Tennessee split, and uh, Alabama torched uh, Tennessee the last time that they played them. Who knows what happened? They beat us
2: pretty good, too, at at Coleman.
0: And Nate Oates is obviously the, the coach of the year uh and uh and john petty on the first team all sec as that was named midweek let's see how that Jones plays player
2: out. and defensive player of the year and how about
0: that there? so alabama's had a big season what will it translate to though in nashville and then the ncaa tournament that's what we're asking should be a blast with selection sunday go ahead yes um One stat Alabama
2: has been past the Sweet 16. How many times in their program's history?
0: I would guess twice. The elite, the elite eight uh, situation or the Sweet 16 situation with Loyola Marymount, they lost. I I would guess like twice.
2: Once they got to the elite eight, and it wasn't even under Wimp who got them to tons of Sweet 16s. It was Mark Godfrey, and they lost to eventual champ UConn out in Phoenix in the West. Uh region, another fact to it. FSU, no final fours since 1972.
0: How about that? And I believe that's uh Hugh Durham as the coach. I believe that's Dave Cowens, the Boston Celtic, as one of the players for that four. And I believe
2: they did they beat UCLA and losing the finals.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. We got to go back and look. It's a long time ago. Richard Nixon was the president. And I, don't I wasn't I, born. You weren't on the planet, and I was a little guy at that time. So, we don't forgive us if we don't remember that one. But yeah, Florida State, it's been a while. Alabama, uh, we'll see what happens. We just know we have selection Sunday. Let's hope everybody stays safe. Let's hope that all the COVID testing goes well. I don't want any COVID mayhem this weekend with tournaments. I mean, my Lord, we're going to talk about it for this weekend and for next weekend. What happens when a team wins a game and then can't play the next game? Let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, did, it, did I
2: hear they're going to have a couple teams on standby?
0: Yes. So by the time that we talk next week, the bracket will be set. But just keep this in mind, folks, one more time with Brian Edwards here of MajorWager.com on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. They have up to four teams that are going to be essentially on standby. But on Tuesday night, the bracket will lock once and for all for everything to begin on Thursday night with the first four. So if there are positive COVID tests off the weekend after Selection Sunday, up to four teams can be replaced wherever they're seated. And how, oh my gosh, Armageddon. Duke will be
2: one because they'll turn down an NIT bid. Yes, exactly. But what happens if it's a
0: one or a two seed in the NCAA tournament that can't play, and then one of these standby teams gets to be a one or a two? And the NCAA has already said they'll put them in wherever they go. There's not gonna be a reseeding. How crazy would that be? But let's not as look crazy
2: it. as it getting canceled last year.
0: That's true. That was the craziest <laughs> of them all. And thank God we got the hoops. Brian, great job. Thank you, my friend. We want them to find you on majorwager.com and all your Twitter handles, Vegas V Edwards and Major Wager Uno. Thank you, my friend, for all the stuff. My man. There Take care. is Happy Brian March. Edwards. Enjoy it all. Happy March. Lock in on his social media and MajorWager.com. Thanks to our YouTube roundtable as well. I am just TJ Reeves. Enjoy the games. Selection Sunday coming Sunday. We will know the field of 68 next week on Three Dog Thursday and be ready to break it down. Again, subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thank you for finding us on the social media link at SportsGamblingPodcast.com. It is about to get fantastic in March, and we're here for it on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.